find your forte. Live your forte. So welcome to the Finding Your Forte podcast. Um, you're with Seeps, and um, today I've got a very special guest who will talk about just their business, you know, what they're about, and all those things in between. Um, but just to give you a bit of insight in terms of what the podcast is about, um, Finding Your Forte is ultimately sitting down with cool people who I think are cool anyway, um, who are doing business, or who've got a skill, or who've got a talent, or who I just really think are, you know, really dope in terms of who they are, and just really exploring not only their business ideas, but also just life in between. And right now I'm going to introduce my guest and it is Make It To Fifi. Hey. How are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, So like I said, I really want to sit down with people who are I admire and I think that are doing really cool things with in their specialism. And I think with you, what really caught my attention was the presentation of your cakes. Now, although we haven't really been following each other a long time on Twitter, I always used to see people retweeting your cakes and they always used to catch my attention and I've kind of seen that from a distance progression in terms of how you are but what's it been for you like what has been how did you get into things anyway um so the funniest thing was I was never supposed to bake <coughs> at all um make it with Fifi was actually supposed to be like a cooking show so the whole concept was supposed to be you making food with Fifi ah okay um and I wanted to have a cooking show and I was at uni and my housemates couldn't cook which is what inspired me to do to do it because it's so annoying every day it's like what are you cooking what is that what are you putting in your food and I just felt to be over the age of 16 and not be able to cook yeah it's just ridiculous what were your where were your housemates from Bristol we okay so Bristol. so can we say hashtag certain demographics and yeah yeah we can <laughs> All right, that's cool. But um, so yeah, what kind of foods did you want to cook or just anything and everything? But mm. it was basically aimed at student life and okay. teaching them how to cook and it being affordable. Okay. That was the whole point. And then I needed money for equipment to film, and mm. I was like, okay, what can I do? And basically, I have an annual picnic with my friends over here, cool. and some way somehow I always end up being the one making the cake. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna sell a couple cakes and use that money to, you know, buy equipment. But some way, somehow, it just stuck with the baking. I just baked some of the cake and then started getting orders and more orders and more orders. And here I am today. Would you say it's become sustainable now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of me now. Yeah. I mean, this is like two years now, so mm-hmm. it's definitely part of me. Um, but I'm trying to take it back to... Um, you know back to the original yeah idea. the original idea so in terms of that like when you was at uni and you know you wanted to make a cooking show <coughs> and all those kind of things like who taught you how to cook um no one it's really weird in my house although i'm nigerian we never really uh, my mum wasn't really the type to be like oh get in the kitchen and be mm-hmm. with me it was more like well you either cook or you starve. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like you learn eventually. Yeah. So I remember the days when my parents would go out and I have a baby brother okay. and they'd be like, you're in charge. Mm. And it's like, what are we going to eat? You know, and we just go to the kitchen together and just throw stuff together. Mm, cool. And before you know it, you've made a meal. I think that's how a lot of people learn, particularly if they haven't been given that kind of guidance by parents that they yeah. just get thrown in the deep end and you just experiment. Yeah. Like for me, I think coming from an Asian background, it was a bit different where my mum's always catered for me 
But um, before I went to uni, she taught me a few things, but it was only until I went to uni where I really got to experiment with food and really was like, okay, cool. I know how to make the basics. I know how to make sure how to clean meat, mm. boil rice and all the essentials. And then yeah. from there, you kind of add a couple sauces, add a couple seasoning, and then yeah. before you know it, you've made something that you like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can, I feel you on that one in terms of that. But then, so you got into cakes. Yeah. And then now cakes became your key selling product. Basically, right? yeah. So is it something that you feel has been a gift and a curse or is it something you see as a blessing more so? Definitely a gift and a curse. <laughs> um, cake seems to be something that a lot of people love. <clears throat> it's weird because I don't like cake personally. Really? So that's why it's a curse because it's... I don't like sweet things. So you're more of a savoury person? Yes. So okay. to be around sugar and stuff and then icing and then you know you have to taste it and for me it's very... I'd rather not but people tend to like my cakes mm. and I just feel it is a gift that I've been given if I've been able to be doing it for this long, yeah. if that makes sense. I've been doing it for two years and nothing has gone wrong yet. <clears throat> so that's why I'd call it a gift. And I am interested in, cause I like being in the kitchen anyway. Yeah. I am interested in learning how to do different cakes and making them look different. Mm. So I guess, I guess it is a gift. I would hate to call it a curse cause I, I kind of feel like I'm being ungrateful, yeah. <laughs> um, but it can be at times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of like the cakes you made, have you ever felt like there's been cakes that you've not been happy about, but clients have been happy about? That's definitely happened. There's loads of times, like me, <laughs> loads of times I'm like, this cake does not look right. Like it can definitely look better. And then my customer's like, oh my God, it was amazing. It looks so good. Mm. But I don't know whether it's because I'm looking at it with such a close eye, Yeah. you know, and I, I'm not perfectionist. Funny enough, I kind of like mess. It's weird because I look at your cakes and they look very perfect in a sense where <laughs> presentation wise, they don't look like, they could look like something that I could buy from the shop. Or buy from a store and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference if you put like waitress cakes in front of me and your cakes mm. I wouldn't really be able to tell the difference so mm. I think presentation seems to be a key thing for you I mean <laughs> I mean for me the thing about food is it has to be presentable mm-hmm. for me to eat it if it looks no one wants to eat a ball of mess yeah that's true so for me that's where it stems from I try to make my food my cakes look pretty so that people would want to you know eat it and with me although it would be brilliant to get orders every day yeah. i i think of cakes as a gift and as mm-hmm. a luxury so i feel you have to make it look like that do yeah. you know what i mean so no, that I people would want to buy it people want to taste it um and it's so weird that you said shops because in the long run i would like to see my cakes in the shop okay you know selling themselves so what do you think yeah. it will take you to get there is it more money or is it more of that business now it's like what do you think you've gained from becoming doing this and what do you think you're still lacking so what are the skills you feel like you've picked up that you didn't think you would pick up um more like health and safety with like foods okay. <laughs> i've definitely picked that up um something i'll say i'm lacking definitely organization skills um <laughs> i'm still learning how to plan but with people like me not planning works out for us. And I don't know how to explain it. Okay, so would you say that you you kind of go based on how it works out? You look for how it works is how it works. You're not really caught up on the end goal as such. Well, are you goal-driven or are you just kind of saying, I'm going to see how this pans out? 
Um, obviously, if I get an order, it's goal driven. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm by myself in the kitchen, I'm like, let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, let's see how this pans out. Yeah. And that's how I am with cakes, and that's how I am with trying to get it to look good. Okay. I'm like most cakes on the second go. I'm like, right, this is how this is gonna look forever. Mm. And some cakes. Like, I'm doing a sorted caramel cake, and I've been working on it for the last year, and I can't get it right. It's yeah. just... To me, it looks like a mess, but to people, they like it, so they buy it. Do you ever reach out to, like, people who are a bit more experienced in baking and kind of get their advice? Or you just kind of, like, trial and error, trial and error, <laughs> trial and error? Um, I'm trial and error, but not by choice. Um, believe it or not, there is a bit of tension in the baking world really <laughs> yeah what do you do, <laughs> like? do you sweet. like <laughs> um that, that was a good one that was a good one, that, that was a good one. i'll give you that because um, when i first started baking i did try to reach out to some people and it was like no we're not going to help you <laughs> at all Really? Yeah, that's basically how it was. I was like, right. Was this I, other young people? Or yes. More, it, more established. I people? wouldn't name anyone, but it was. That's right. You got a name. It's not even about. I don't think it's even about naming others. But you know. But, yeah, it was like young people. Um, because I'm all about young people. Mm. Um, I tried to make everything I do about young people. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, my customers, I wasn't really targeting young people, mm. but they are young people. Yeah. They're like my age and yeah <laughs> so um yeah it was a bit weird when i started and i'd ask for help mm. and um some young people weren't willing to help but the older baking lot like when i go to baking shows and mm. stuff they are very helpful they're okay. always willing to help and stuff like that so yeah what do you think is the thing within young people that kind of makes them reluctant or reserved to help others they want to be the best um, so is it more like doggy dog kind of thing? Yeah, I think everyone's competing, which is weird because I always say to people, I'm not competing. Cool. I'm I'm not in a competition at all. I'm seeing how it goes, and that's what um, keeps it fun for me. Okay. Because I'm doing it because I love it now. I feel like if I'm competing, I take the fun out of it, and I tend to lose sight of why I'm doing mm. it. So I'm definitely not competing with anyone. I mean, I have people asking me you know, how's your competition? Who do you call your competition? I always say no one. And they're like, you can't say that, but I can. So I do. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear that. I mean, that makes complete sense in in a way that you're not competing against others, so therefore you're trying to keep it as fun as possible. Has, has there been a moment where seeing it more as a business has kind of taken the fun that you principally had? Yeah. Because when you're doing it as a business, there's so much more that you need to take into account. Mm-hmm. Um, you're responsible <laughs> for so much. Like you have customers, it's customer service, it's inventory, it's tax. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's like making sure that you get paid and making it becomes a job. Yeah. Funnily enough, there was something that you mentioned. Um, I think it was about registering yourself as a business. Oh. And you said the first time you did it, it was quite unsuccessful. You didn't take it seriously because you didn't really know. No, I didn't know there were different types of businesses. So what that. was the mistakes you made? So I registered myself as a limited company, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I found I'm more a sole trader, yeah. not a limited company. And I won't lie to you, ever since I did say that, I haven't really looked into it much. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, but um, just into, I wouldn't, I would have never called myself a business-minded person. Mm-hmm. Um but it's taught me so much just 
in terms of how to carry myself mm-hmm. um it's changed my goals in life yeah um and if anything i'll say it's made me a better person because i feel like i am my brand yeah and the way i treat all my customers is the way i want to be treated and with me doing that for so long i feel like i've changed into a nicer person so what were you like before <laughs> i wasn't not nice okay <laughs> but i was definitely more i would say i'm a bit antisocial. i was a bit antisocial. but now when you put yourself out there you've got customers you've got mm-hmm. to deliver cakes you have to be more open yeah definitely and you have to be a people person and be like hey do you think this is essential for regardless of what business you're in to have a personality yes personality is what hooks people mm. um i would like to say yes people saw my cakes and thought yeah they look pretty and they bought it but I feel the truth is, especially with Twitter, it's people seem to be more attracted to my cakes when they think they know the person mm-hmm. behind the tweets. I've met customers and they're like, oh my God, I can relate to your tweets. Never stop tweeting. <laughs> like, don't just tweet about cake. <laughs> and it's so weird because when I first started tweeting, I did not tweet about anything but cake. Okay. But that was boring to me. I was like, you're going to come to an account and just see... Cake, 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 not sell a dream as such, yeah. but kind of make it exaggerated in a way where you feel like this will entice people. So kind of... No. Yeah. I find it very hard to pretend. Okay. Um, if I'm grumpy, you would notice it in my tweets. Yeah. This is why I have two accounts. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have two accounts in Twitter. Yeah. Because at first, I did, I did do everything on that account. Mm. And after a while, I was like, no fee, you've got to filter it you know it's okay to let yourself out sometimes but not all the time Mm -hmm. um because then people tend to get a bit what's the word familiar okay with you and you don't (laughs) like the familiarity no because it's nice but i feel like i'm gonna burp it's all right but it's fine (laughs) you don't even burp but (laughs) okay um like um what's it called people get familiar Mm -hmm. and it can breed disrespect. Have um, you ever been disrespected? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But is it is it more of a disrespect personally because of something you've said, or is it because they feel like they know you, so therefore they're disrespecting more of you? Both. I feel like, obviously, when I I'm not the same as I was when I started baking to where mm-hmm. I am, and I feel some people haven't followed me through with that transition, mm. and they're like, oh, it's just because you bake now, yeah. like stuff like that. And it's like, actually, no, it's not just because I bake now. Mm-hmm. I could have been doing anything else. Uh, the change is inevitable. Yeah. It, it might not me. Um, it might not me. Oh, I can't speak. It might not me. <laughs> I said it three times. It might not mean that I would be the way I am now, but I was going to change anyway. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, with customers, it has been a disrespect because I feel some of them felt like they'd know me. So when I've met a couple, like I might meet a couple on a night out, which mm. is very awkward because I'm like, I don't know how to behave. That's my customer sitting over yeah. there. And then I might get a bit 
you know, yeah. happy. <laughs> and then the next day, they might just say something. Discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might mention, oh, yeah, can I get a discount? And it's like, so they get familiar too quickly in the sense yeah. where they get comfortable to ask for those things. Yeah. Funny enough, touching on discount now, being a young person starting up your own venture, yeah. everyone feels entitlement. I feel like everyone that has a business mm. that's, you know, starting up, they feel like those around them are entitled to get something for less. Now, is discount something that you're heavily approached to, to give or is it something you have just like a very cutthroat approach where it's like, listen, no discount? I have a bad habit. I actually give discounts before people even ask. But um, why? <laughs> I feel like you're my therapist. <laughs> Do you know, but this, no, let's, let's think of this as therapy. You know, this is business therapy, you know, but... Yeah, um, no, I was just curious to understand the different concepts behind business and like discount seems to be a sticking <laughs> issue for a lot of people and I think even myself when I used to sell stuff yeah. people would ask but it's interesting that you say that you give it without them asking but there's, it's always interesting to know the motivation behind it okay I think it's because remember when I said I like to treat customers the way I like to be treated mm-hmm. some like I understand why my cakes are priced the way they are and to some people that might be pricey and like especially to a young person so when a young person approaches me and they're about to spend over a certain amount to me it's like whoa like i should at least give them 10 percent off mm. like i kind of feel bad taking their money like <laughs> which is odd it's, it's your good heart i think <laughs> i think there's there's people that have different approaches to business and i personally think there's different i go through different phases when it comes to how people support your business or how people mm. pay for your business i think in your case it's very noble of you to feel like, you know, you're a fellow young person. Let me give you some sort of concession purely because I know what it's like to be in your boat. Mm. But at the same time, there's other people that are a bit more black and white. And they're like, you know, business is business. You know, yeah. end of the day, give me giving 10 people 10%, it adds up in the long run. Yeah, it does. You know? It does. That's why now mm, I'm definitely like, no. <laughs> yeah. Because when I first started out, it was like, discount to everyone, mm. you know. And- and now i'm like no and it's so weird because i i feel especially with people that are up and coming as well i feel like they feel they're entitled to receive a discount Mm. because they think they're in the same boat as you Mm. but they will not give it okay yeah i've noticed that so is in a sense where are you talking about other young people that have a venture themselves or have a startup themselves and they were looking to barter in a way where give me discount and I'll give you something? Or is it a case where they want something but they're not willing to give anything? It's more, yeah, it's more like they want something and they're not willing to give anything. And that's another thing. It's so weird that this has just come to mind. Um, I feel like when you're up and coming, you kind of get trapped. Mm. A lot of people are like, will you sponsor me? Um, I, w- I can get you attention. I can give you promo. It's mm. a trap. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I first started out, a lot of people were like, oh, can you get me, can you give me cupcakes for my event? We have an audience of this. I have I don't, I can't even speak. It's at first it sounds so good. Yeah. But they actually do nothing for you. Did you make any mistakes by giving some cakes for free and are you realizing that it wasn't yes, worth it? Many times. <laughs> and what type of without disclosing personal information, okay. what type of events were they? Or like what was the kind of pitch? Was it quite a you know, greasy pitch, or what was the pitch really that they gave you to make you entice you? Was it ultimately we've got X audience and we can get your cakes out to you know, entice you? Or that was it? Yeah, it was like, okay, you're up and coming. Um, 
it was like we want to help you when mm. really I was helping them yeah but and I, I didn't really see it as that I just took it their email at face value that okay you're mm. gonna help me by promoting me but what they really mean is we will tweet about you once or twice during our event yeah and then that's that you okay. don't really get anything from it that you can't work hard and get yourself yeah true so when you've gone through these events so that's probably mistake number one that yeah. you've probably made throughout your journey what's another key mistake you feel like you've made um hmm. i don't like to say i make mistakes <laughs> but at the same time i feel like you, should, you need to make mistakes yeah you do but they're more like lessons you know um another mistake that i've probably made maybe you're rushing things um i'm very i don't i really can't even describe myself um, I just wake up one day and I'm like, right, I want to do this. And life just doesn't work that way. Um, especially with cakes. Mm. Um, and because I try to blog about food as well. Mm. And I've realised that I tend to rush ideas. And I would tweet something like, okay, by the end of the week, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then three months later, I yeah. still haven't done it. I think consistency is a hard thing. Yeah. For a lot of people. It is. And I think making something almost a habit mm. is that's the trick. Yeah. That I think consistency is probably the blood to turning your business into something sustainable. Mm-hmm. So I can sympathize with you in that regard. I think there's a lot of times where I'll be like, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do it once a week for so much of the time and it doesn't happen. You know, and it's hard to get into that consistency of anything, even if it's just working out. Yeah. You know, working out regularly is even hard. Get into that because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's you can talk, you can jump in. I don't know who I am. Okay, so basically, we've got we've got another special guest here, the lovely, the lovely Michelle, and she's here in the corner just giggling away. But you know, oh that's who you can hear in the background. But yeah, she's another lovely person, and she just shared to interject as well. But by all means, jump in. You know, what have you got to share? You have a natural highlight. Sorry, I'm not I have a natural highlight. Look at his cheek Yes, I saw it. Right, you just <laughs> <laughs> oh my I have gosh. a natural highlight. Yes, yeah. you do. Like, sh- turn. Shimmer. No, the other way. Shimmer. Yeah, she's got a shimmer here. But yours, but is, yours like... is like. Obviously, you're not wearing makeup. Obviously. Yeah. But so it's, it's, it's just there. Like, okay, thank you, I guess. <laughs> no, maybe this is like my mum always wanting a daughter. <laughs> This is tra- it's manifesting in some way. First the long hair, now I've got highlights. I don't think you can imagine yourself without a beard. I can't. If I exactly. got, if, if I got rid of my beard, uh, it's a wrap for me. Lost your manhood. It's a wrap. Your masculation at its finest. Pretty much. <laughs> I remember I shaved off my facial hair at uni one time, and it was the worst decision I made. I didn't go to like four job interviews because of it. Oh my gosh. I was like, nope, I'm not going to. How are they going to hire someone that can't grow facial, that doesn't have facial hair? I'm like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> Where's the that logic? was my logic. That was my logic at the time. It's I was like eighteen. It's the opposite, the isn't it? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because these were like jobs I was thinking. Nah, they need to see. Because I look naturally young, so then when I go to job interviews, I feel like they're not going to take me seriously anyway. Yeah. So I need to have something where perception wise, they're like, all right, cool. He looks like something. Yeah. Mm. So you know, I've had job interviews where they were like, you don't fit the look of the company. You know. Huh? Yeah. I literally I can go. That's a whole different topic. Some places do that. Yeah. Mm. They're like, like you don't fit the look of my company. So. Oh, but Hollister's retail. They can go to. Yeah, I yeah. know. I would have never got a job. <laughs> I would have never got a job at um, Hollister. But you might if you let your hair down. 
Yeah, but he has to fit like surfer boy, beach boy, you know. Yeah. See, I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. I'm I'm more behind the scenes. I like to keep myself a bit discreet. You be you be part of Impact when they get to wear Converse as a band. Yeah. That's the stockroom stuff. Okay, too much information. Yeah, I tried to apply many times when I was younger, as you can see. Let's just move on. Business, business. Make it with Fifi. So, do you have a day job? You don't have to say what your day job is. Um, no. I just finished uni. Okay, congratulations. Mm. What did you graduate? And psychology. Degree in psychology. Hopefully, I'm not psychoanalyzing you, but you know. I might be psychoanalyzing you. Maybe you are. I'll be interested to know you. You know your your conclusion. I'll type up my notes and I get. Cool, cool. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just tweet. those in three months. Yeah, I just finished at university. Um, I studied psychology, so I was never supposed to bake cakes. I wanted to be a counsellor for kids, um, but I don't want to be a counsellor for kids anymore um, because psychology is very long. Yeah. Like, like I said before, my attention span is so short. Mm. And to be do you tend to psychoanalyze customers and be like, you know, I can suss out if you're going to be a difficult customer or if you're going to be like, have you picked up behavioural traits of people? I have. Um, especially young people. They're very informal. Okay. Like, with the way they approach me, with the way they email me, I can tell that, okay, you're definitely, like, early 20s. Yeah. Like, you've put a smiley face and an X, like, <laughs> at the end of your email or in your yeah. DM, you've sent me an emoji. And... Um, but do you think it's necessary for a customer to show a degree of professionalism when approaching someone like you who's simply providing, not to downplay your service, mm-hmm. but simply providing a catering service as such. Because in the same way, it's like, say for example, you go to a normal baker's, or yeah. you go to that, you're, you have a conversation, say if you go to the chip shop, mm. you know, you'd be like, you're right mate, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot more candid and mm-hmm. it's a lot more informal. So do you think it sometimes overcritical to expect a young person to present themselves in the same professional manner that a business should i mean it all goes back to me talking about someone acting familiar with me yeah um i don't mind it at all yeah um and i tried to give it back but with boundaries Mm. um just because i just i don't want to give anyone the you know the grounds to ever try and disrespect me yeah um, but I don't mind it at all. Okay. I honestly, I actually like that they can be comfortable enough yeah. to just be like, hey, yeah. you know, I need a cake. Do you ever get any clients or customers that are quite pushy? Yeah, I've dealt with a few. You know, they don't appreciate the process as such. Yeah, because I ask a lot of questions. My customers will tell you I ask a lot of questions. Mm. Like, what cake do you want? How many slices do you want from it? What frosting do you want? Do you want this on it? And a lot of them find that process very tiring, but I do it just to make sure that you actually get the cake that mm. you want. You're almost like a consultation. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them don't understand it. They don't want to go through that process. But like, yeah, I just want a cake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm very honest with my customers. I'm like, look, this has to happen. Or you get the cake. Yeah. Because I need to make sure I know what I'm doing. Mm. And then if you're happy, I'm happy. So, okay. So, yeah. Cool. So, in, referring back to something that you tweeted about not too long ago as well, and it was actually something you touched on earlier about customer service. Okay. Now, I know it's one of your key gripes. I'm a customer service representative. 
Yeah, you're like Ooh. the ambassador, like the, the <laughs> customer service policy. But yeah, just really touching on that kind of thing where what do you think you've learned about customer service, dealing with the type of young people that you deal mm. with that, again, you've just touched on it recently in terms of they feel like they can approach you in a quite an informal way and sometimes yeah. it can be a bit too comfortable. Yeah. But in the same way, what in from a business perspective, what things have you had to refine in terms of your customer service? Like how did you start your customer service process to where you are now? Okay, so I've worked in retail since I was 16. Mm-hmm. So I'd always had an idea of what good customer service was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's more customer experience. Mm-hmm. So I believe you have potential customers, you have an actual customer, and then you have to deal with the aftercare mm-hmm. of customers. And it all ties in with me being treated how I'd want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what my customer service is. I just feel... Well, like that's your motto. Yeah, just treat yourself, treat uh, treat others how you want to be treated. It's almost big biblical in a way. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. I am Christian, so it makes it makes sense. But um, I totally forgot what you just asked me. So the customer service, in terms of like, where what have you had to refine over time? Of course, you've had that experience in yeah. retail, but has there been anything where you've learned a caveat or a gem of okay, I need to start doing this as part of my customer service? Um, I probably had to be a bit more patient mm. and a bit slow to frustration mm-hmm. only because it's like now I work for myself mm-hmm. like you are the baker you are the customer assistant you are the manager mm. like whereas before if I worked in retail it was like just go to my manager she'll deal with it yeah. now it's like no you have to deal with it so mm. if anything that's the one thing I've had to really work on is like I can't just say to a customer F off yeah. <laughs> I actually have to deal with them and just you know I always say you know the customer isn't always right Yeah. but you just never tell them they're wrong yeah that's um, true that way you know everyone's happy when they think they're right Yeah. but that way but you can both be happy mm. so that's basically what I've had to really work on and I'm still working on it because some days it's really hard when you get difficult people but I just have to remember my name is on this thing. I, How do you do with conf- confrontation, confrontation in a sense? Where have you ever been confronted in a very aggressive or in a slanderous way? Funny enough, I'm yet to be. Okay. And especially considering how aggressive Twitter can be, yeah. I'm really surprised. Like That's I, very true. I really feel like one day I'm going to wake up to a bunch of tweets <laughs> and someone's just attacking me. I swear, I'll just delete my account. <laughs> just go really? away. Just for a couple of hours. Just for a couple of hours, yeah. just kind of just until med- meditate for a bit and then, and then I'll come back. Yeah, come back. <laughs> because, but funny enough, in regards to cake stuff, no one's ever you know hmm. tweeted me. Maybe personally, they have yeah. come at me, but even with that, I feel like if someone did come at me, um, business wise, I'm like, I'm still a person, okay. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel I have to act professional yeah if someone's coming at me i yeah. feel like no you need to sit down and remember that you're coming at an actual person mm. i feel there's a lot of oh you shouldn't act that way you have a business on twitter and it's like why shouldn't you like just because you have a business doesn't mean people should have the right to talk to you yeah. in any way that they want and you just get to sit there and be like oh, okay i'm sorry yeah like, so do you feel like particularly social media and having that kind of personal element and also that business element that you need to be able to know how to separate the two 
or um it's it's really good if you can she's break dancing so <laughs> <laughs> um it's really good if you can mix the two i feel like that's how celebrities are made these yeah. days you know they make their personality a business um but you're right there michael jackson <laughs> you're right there um, I need an excuse to distract everyone so I can sit down and not make any noise. So oh, okay. that table. Very smart. <laughs> it worked, it worked, yeah, it worked, it, it worked. So we're doing that, guys. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's worth separating the two or? If you know that your personality is going to be used against you, like there are some people who will not be named on Twitter that have awful personalities but have good businesses. Um, some of them have been blessed, I would say, that it hasn't affected their business. Mm. And I know mm. for a fact that some of them would not even dare being personable on their business account because yeah. it would really affect them. So it's all, and it's all down to what you talk about as well. Mm. Um, Is it, there anything that you feel, because of your business, that you've had to kind of restrict yourself speaking about? Or are you still quite as open and opinionated i feel i'm i'm still very i feel like i'm very open mm. on twitter um i don't know i don't know how not to be mm. i feel like i wouldn't be true to myself if i wasn't um i don't think there's anything i could say that mm-hmm. people would find i'm not a very offensive person i don't offend no, you don't come across as that um, but at the same time there's always going to be things that you say are always that may not sit right with someone else and then that gives them a grounds to kind of come at you and then ultimately you know how things on twitter they can become wildfire yeah so okay you see those things yeah i don't say them <laughs> okay if i i tend i try my best not to say things that i feel someone will take out of context mm. and be angry about um but that's more me just keeping my peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But then if I ever do, I'm always ready to explain myself. I'll okay. be like, this is what I mean. Do you feel the need to explain yourself? Yeah. Okay. Um, everyone deserves an explanation. Mm. Like, you don't get to choose how people will perceive your message. Like, you don't get to. So if people say you've offended them, you have. Mm. And you just have to say, well, I'm sorry. It's not my intention to. Yeah. This is what I meant to do instead. And that's fair. Yeah. And that's fair. Going on to more about in terms of your brand as such, you've mm-hmm. kind of touched on how you as a person always super, like comes into and influences your brand, you know, the whole like treat others how I'd like to be treated. Yeah. That seems to be like a, a business ethos. Like if you were to make like the Ten Commandments of you know, make it with Fifi, <laughs> you know, that would be one of your Ten Commandments. That would probably be the only one. Yeah. Because I feel like you will not treat yourself like dirt. You will not disrespect yourself. You would always love yourself. Yeah. And in doing those things, everything's perfect. It's interesting speaking like of that. Like, how do you think your faith has influenced it? Because, of course, you know that's almost like a biblical quote as such. You yeah. know, treat others how you like to be treated. Mm. You know, love thy neighbor, etc. So, you mentioned that you're a Christian. How would you say that your Christian upbringing or your faith as such has influenced your business ideals? Because at the same time, to give an example as such, you know, there's some people who, for example, my uncle in India, he's a jeweler. Mm. He will make sure that every piece of jewelry he makes is blessed yeah so he would do a prayer on it just to make sure that whoever does it he's giving it with warm energy and he's yeah. giving it with good intention so that's that nice. it's less that he knows that he's done something that's put his heart and soul and it's mm-hmm. been blessed by above mm-hmm. and that he can give it good energy so then that it can be rewarded further down the line yeah so how that's more from a hindu perspective but from mm-hmm. a christian perspective now 
how would you say your Christian ideals have influenced you as a person and, and how that's reciprocated onto your business? Um, it's given me strength <laughs> just to keep going and like it helped me realise that this was a gift mm-hmm. um, because there's so many things that I want to do in life that I've tried that haven't stuck and this seems to be it and I feel like God is like well this is what I want you to do um, and funny that you mentioned your uncle because I actually pray over every cake. Really? <laughs> Even though I might pray once he's left my house. <laughs> I might have forgotten to pray for it when it's in the kitchen, but I'm just like, Lord, please let's, let them just like this cake. Like, let it just be the best cake they've ever had. <laughs> because I, funny enough, haven't tasted all my cakes. Okay. I used to have a taster, but then she got really big. So <laughs> she went to the gym. <laughs> now she doesn't come to me. <laughs> so... Um, I haven't tasted every cake, so I have to say that prayer just to make sure that, you know, this is in God's hands now. Mm. Um, but I I really wouldn't know. Like, apart from the fact that Chris, I would say God has, you know, kept me going. Mm. So when have you been reached those moments where you had to be get that reinforcement from God or from a higher being? Where were the what were those low moments? Were there any moments of quitting or Yeah, I mean there's sometimes where I have no orders at all. And there's sometimes where I don't feel like I want to bake. Like, literally, I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to bake. If you know, well, I don't, you haven't been following me for long, but I take a lot of breaks. Yeah. <laughs> I might just wake up today and be like, right, I'm not baking for the next two weeks. <laughs> no orders until 17. Yeah, I do that <laughs> often. That. Yeah, I'm like, no orders. Like, it's just because I need to step back, assess myself, you know, rest, mm. and just get that strength back. And then go, you know, go forth. Like, I would hate to bake a cake at, when I'm at 50% and not mm. at 100. Um, and, yeah, I think God has just he just kept me going, just reminded me he will not give me anything that I cannot handle. Philippians. So, mm. <laughs> so when I um, get, you know, too many orders, that's how I look at it. Yeah. I'm like, he will not give me anything that I can't overcome. Mm-hmm. So these orders have to get done. I have accepted them. I've taken the money. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it has to get done. Speaking of money, um, without delving too deep into financial aspects and whatnot, um, what is your process? Is it more like take half-half? Is it hold all the money up front? No. It's give me everything. Oh, nothing, baby. Basically. (laughs) Um, I've seen so many things on Twitter of people... Um, collecting cake and not paying the rest of it. Wow. Um, I've seen bakers um, take money and not give people cake. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. That was so awful for I've me. I, was like, what I think the there was hell? even an Instagram page at one point where we were just exposing bakers that have done that. Holy it was shit. like, how can you like take their money and not give them cake? I'm like, how do you even give people money? And, you are shameless. Like, <laughs> like what? But um, for me, I've had a few. You know, I pay you half now, pay you half when I pick up the cake, and then when they come to my door, it's, oh, what are your account details? And then two weeks later, still no money. Wow. So for me, I do have an online shop mm. where they have to pay straight away, but if it's a cake that's not online, mm. they, like, do an online transfer or pay to my PayPal. Okay. And I give them up to, like, a week before the order's due to pay it in full. Okay. Yeah, that's how I do it. So in terms of like the online shopping, that is that something that you created yourself? Yeah, um, I kind of sketched what I wanted and gave it to a company called Dream Random UK, mm-hmm. um, and they just brought it to life. Was it expensive? I can't remember. 
<laughs> no shade. Don't you deserve a plug? <laughs> oh no my shade. god. <laughs> um, at first, it wasn't expensive. Like when I first started my site, um, it was very basic. Mm. But when I wanted to revamp, um, it did take forever. Mm. Like, did you pick up any tech skills within no, it? No. no. I'm very. Um, I'm all about being comfortable. Okay. <laughs> I will pay something to pay someone to do something before I even think. Or, mm. And the amount of times I've paid someone to do something, I'm like, you could have just done that yourself. Yeah. But it's all about being comfortable. But your posters. Yeah. Don't, don't play yourself down your posters. You're getting good at, you know, creating your posters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I do my cell posters now myself. Mm. Because, I mean, I was paying £50 for a poster. <laughs> it was oh. like... Everyone's got to eat somewhere, but... I know, but it was like, Everyone's I want four posters and that's £200. And I could have just sat on my laptop for 10 minutes. Yeah, no, it's true. I think and some... she's got a Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Having a Mac alone doesn't mean that you're good at posting. Exactly. Well, it sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I know people that got Macs here and all they do is YouTube and... Like, I use my Mac to watch movies. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's what my Mac is Literally. For. So, you know, people can under, can, people can overestimate the power of Mac. It's like, when I've got a Mac, ultimately I'm this creative inspiration. I'm Steve Jobs. No. Let me download Final Cut Pro. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, like, there's so many people that buy a Mac when they could have been better off and £400 better off with HP. a Windows. Yeah, with a HP. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? They just get the Mac yeah. because it looks nice and arguably so, it does. Yeah, it does. But, um, yeah, no, that's true. It's interesting because I think, for me, I kind of come from the philosophy of I'd rather know what I'm they're doing mm-hmm. so I know I'm not getting ripped off. Yeah. So mm-hmm. before I ask, I'm similar to you in terms of, maybe not similar, but I'm quite reluctant to ask for help. I like to be quite self-sufficient. So I'll try to learn as much as I can to the point where I'm like, you know what? Again, it goes back down to convenience. If I can pay someone and it gets done in half the time, mm-hmm. cool, but I at least want to have the nows to know what they've done is credible. Because it's very often, again, like the whole you know, posters thing where you feel like I could have done this in 10 minutes and then you did do it in 10 minutes and now you're doing your own posters. Yeah. There's certain things that you just need to know where you know someone's not shafting you and I think that's one thing business-wise that I've particularly learned before you give something to someone else, know what they're doing to a certain extent before you give that trust to them because it's a lot of time when you're giving it to another young person, they're doing it through trial and error mm-hmm. until you can see a credibility and a reputability and almost like a testimonial from people. Mm-hmm. But until you see that and it's validated, it's trial and error for them. So the same mm-hmm. way I see it myself, no one's going to come to me for something unless I've got something to showcase. Mm-hmm. So I need to at least know what you're about and what you're doing. And at least if I can do half of it, cool, and I let you do 100% of it, mm-hmm. at least I know that 50% of it's right, even if I'm oblivious to that other 50%. So I think sometimes... It's always worthwhile knowing, even if it's like the simple things like with your website, knowing how simple code works. HTML. Codes. HTML. Do you know what I'm saying? They just look like gibberish. It is gibberish. <laughs> Every, do you know what I mean? It is, it is going to be difficult to consume, but even like for me, I learned HTML from MySpace days. Because uh, I used to make I used to make MySpace layouts. Used to make layouts. Uh, oh, <laughs> Back in the day, I would see productions. So I was that guy that did all the MySpace layouts for people. I didn't get paid for it. I just did it because I liked it and I enjoyed it. And I got to a point where I was like, wait, I'm not getting paid for this. But through that, I was able to learn HTML. And even to this day, HTML is still around and I'm still able to kind of decipher little, little things, even if it's on WordPress. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always worthwhile to kind of know a little bit about what they're doing for you before you give your whole trust into them. Even if it's a major company, Mm -hmm. you know, I like to do my due diligence. Mm -hmm. Without the due diligence, you're not getting my trust. 
one thing you said that I like. Yes, I'm interjecting now. Go for it. <laughs> um, I just thought it was interesting to just. I think as a, well, I'm not a business owner, but if I was a business owner, I well, I think business owners should be more aware that there, obviously there's like you know there's millions of business, business owners around. But with some business owners, the only thing you have in common is that you both own businesses. Mm. Some people, their work ethic, their ethos is not the same. Mm-hmm. Their motive is not the same as yours. Yeah. So you will, will go to them with a clean heart and say, mm-hmm. okay, I want you to provide this service to me. I'm going to give you this amount of money, X amount, Y amount, whatever. And you give me back what I expect. Some people, it's like, okay, I'm going to use this to my advantage. At the end of the day, I'm a business owner. I'm hustling. I'm grinding. I'm doing what I need to do. So I'm going to give this person 50% of what they expect as opposed to the 100%. Whereas that person who has actually paid for the service would do the complete opposite. Mm. They give 100%, which is kind of what happens with with Fifi in the past, where it's like she's someone who will come forward and be like, okay, you know, hey, what's up? I want you to do this to me. Here's the money. Make it happen, and then yeah. it, the end result is very disappointing. Yeah. And I guess as a business owner, <laughs> to put your trust in someone, most definitely, and, and it's something that happens consistently. It's yeah. like one, not once, not twice, not three times. Like, I'm okay, learning. Don't worry, I'll get it eventually. Uh, for me, is do you know what? I think some people, when I pick a lot of young people, and me myself at times, sometimes you overpromise. Mm. and then you under deliver yeah. out of circumstance yeah. mm. so to give an example we were supposed to get something edited up and whatnot, and we gave it to the guy last year in March all now we still haven't got it right. <sighs> all now we, the footage was done maybe say July mm-hmm. and all now it, we, had to go, we got to a point where it's like this is holding back our vision mm. this is holding back what we want to get and we was happy to pay them per mm-hmm. video and we was like, listen, even though I'm aware of how to do video editing, your specialism is that. I'm happy to remunerate you for that. And a lot of creatives, particularly those that are in the video field or the photography field, like, oh, people don't respect my talents. I just about to say know. that. Like, people Ooh. don't, you know, people don't want to pay me for my... They I'm like, do you know what? They cry too much. This is what I'm saying. Every like, day cry. I think you've got to match it in a sense where if you're doing something which is a service, which it is, at the same time, it's a passion, it's an art. I mm-hmm. appreciate the art that mm-hmm. you're doing, your, the, the investment you're putting into it in terms of bringing someone else's vision, taking it on board yourself. That can Bring be it to life. That can be sometimes a daunting experience to take someone else's experience. That onus is on you now. I, yeah. I can appreciate that, but deadline's got to be met, B. And you yeah. chose you chose to take that ownership. Jamie. I didn't force you. Yeah. Jamie, I asked you, people be like, yeah, I, re- I love your vision. I love it. Like, you know, they give you that kind of, yeah, cool. They bought into me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be very clear to them. I'll be like, listen, do this and I will remunerate you. I'll give you half now, mm-hmm. half later. For certain projects, I'm not willing to give them whole in the beginning purely yeah. because you haven't shown me. If you do the first one right on time, I'll pay you the second yeah. time. Yeah, point, of course. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think there's a lot of things that particularly those within the creative field, uh, more so in like photography, video, not to stigmatise them because yeah. it goes across the board in business. Of course. But it seems to be this entitlement that because I've got this passion and because I've got this artistic nous, that therefore I'm, I'm, I must get paid. You need to build your portfolio yeah. before you start talking and about And at the same that. time, building your portfolio, I mean, don't ever be taken for, you know, a fool and do things for free. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll never say, I mean, there's, there's certain things that you can do for, again, like the same way that someone approached you for sponsorship and be like, this is for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's certain things that you may have to bite the bullet for mm-hmm. and, you know, take the hit on it because it will further you in a different way. But that all boils down to knowing your worth. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, some people have a distorted vision of their worth as well. Yeah. what they see as their worth. I mean, sometimes they can say, 
I'm going, I'm worth a millionaire. It's always good to aim high. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're broke right now. Rose-coloured glasses. You know, so sometimes you need to, you need to get between, you know, one and ten. <laughs> well, rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. glasses. I just pictured yeah. the hippie glasses. Yeah, I just <laughs> saw John Lennon, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I've actually got glasses, at least. But Why am I not surprised? Because... You can have, and you wear it in a high bun, don't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> See, I've got the the look. Cool. What ten thousand notes on Tumblr? Yeah, I don't have Tumblr. Oh no, Do you, you, know don't have, you don't have to have Tumblr no. to be on Tumblr. Trust me. Apparently, I was told that I'm on Tumblr. That, <laughs> that one picture's of, probably probably yeah. It was that picture. It's the picture of you know Mr. CP, <laughs> topless with his hair flying like the wind. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you know sometimes you gotta appreciate yourself. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, but. Funny enough, what social media elements have you feel like have benefited you the most? Do you prefer Twitter to Instagram? Or... Twitter is the easiest. Okay. I, for some reason, have so much to say on it. So it's definitely mm-hmm. the easiest. And it's so addictive. I've tried a thousand times. Like, if you follow me on my personal account, you see, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to take a break from Twitter. And then, like, two hours later, I'm back. Mm-hmm. It just, for some reason, I can't not tweet. It's advice, and I think for, for me, it's therapy. It's I, a weird way to say it. I mean, for a lot of people, it's an addiction. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm addicted to it, I can't get off it. For so, me, it's like a diary. That's what I was yeah. just going to say. I, I've i stopped feeling bad about it. Yeah. Like, I used to feel like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me, I'm addicted. But now I'm like, no, it's just like my diary. Yeah. My thoughts, what I want to say, interact with people. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. As long it's, as and it's appreciated when something me. resonates, something that you said with someone mm-hmm. else. It's yeah. nice where, even if it's a thing where there's only one person is retweeted it for example mm. even though it's not all about the retweets but it it's is. nice to them for like, some people yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now you can retweet yourself so which yeah. is disastrous <sighs> the worst upgrade ever yeah. i was saying the other day i saw someone retweet like 10 selfies i was just like <laughs> i had to just that? unfollow i don't understand I mean, I think it has its advantages. Yeah, and I think it does. But if you like, have it's going to be to abused, I feel like it, the of pros course, and everything, cons. Everything yeah. is abused. I think anything online is abused. You know, people see, you know, social media is you know the pinnacle of free speech, but people abuse free speech as well. Yeah. yeah. Same way people say Instagram is a way of you know elevating the visual palette, so people mm. are much more keen on their aesthetics now. But yeah, at the same time, yeah, you got a lot of people that just yeah. use it. They we've gone beyond aesthetics and it's become superficial now. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's always going to be that abuse level that comes with social media and mm-hmm. anything, to be fair. Like, people yeah. are going to abuse. The line is so fine, though. That's why it's so difficult to be able to decipher who's real, who's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think authenticity is another key thing yeah. that I look out for business. I think that's the one thing that attracted me to your business. Even though, like I said, we haven't been following any log and I haven't purchased cakes from you yet because I'm about to eat to you. You got some free cakes, you know. though. <coughs> yeah. I got some complimentary cakes. <laughs> Look, he, could, he had to just make it a bit I, more, you know, I, articulate. I, I complimentary cakes. I got cakes. complimentary cakes, which I, I will appreciate and I will enjoy as well. But at the same time, I think um, those things, sometimes I've got lost my train of thought now because of that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ah, oh, shit, where was that? Authenticity. Crap. Authenticity. That's oh, it. yeah, that's This is why you're here. That's why you're here. Because I'm paying attention, but for I'm some like, reason... Authenticity. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what drew me to you. I think there's very authentic businesses that I see on Twitter where I feel like, do you know what, I really rate what you're doing. Thank and you. And you, you, you move in a way where it's... You can say, cool, you know, they really... A lot of people do business because they want to be their own boss. Mm. They want to... They feel like being, having your own business means your own boss. That means no. you're going to get rich quick. No, no, no. And there's a hard slog. You know, there's a hard slog involved. Like, I'm sure... 
there must be something you could touch on in terms of where you got to a point where you feel like it may have not been a cost benefit to you. Yeah, oh my God, there are many times where, like, even now, believe me, I'm still learning how to price cakes. Mm. And I'll do a cake and, like, I'll charge, like, maybe £90 for it. And I'll send it the picture to a baker. This bit, oh, how much would you charge for this? And they'll be like, oh, 200 Wow. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people can undersell themselves. Like, there's yeah. a lot of things where... One thing I've learned, particularly in my line of work, is we had like a, a, um, a focus group lab the other day where the product that my company sells, they have it at quite a premium price point. And, and you know, clients came in, they were like, you know what, the product is so good, we would actually pay more for it. Okay. That is sometimes we feel it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of goes against that notion where you think that everyone's price sensitive. Yeah. When they're, in actuality, they're not. It's the same way. The good example that was given was in terms of you can get the same cake, say say Jaffa cakes for example, right? Jaffa cakes in Waitrose and Jaffa cakes in Morrison's, but you're gonna buy those Jaffa cakes from Waitrose purely because of the esteem of shopping at Waitrose. Yeah. Even if there's like a twenty p difference between the two, you're not conscious about that because you're mm. like shopping at Waitrose. I'm getting a better service. Yeah. I'm happy to pay that premium. Mm. So I think sometimes as young people ourselves and with the services that we offer, we can. Come when we compare it to those that are a bit more established, like the bakers that you talk about, we can undervalue ourselves completely. That like yeah. we try to undercut, thinking it goes back to what you said in the very beginning. You're a young person. I'm appealing to young people. Yeah. Therefore, I must give you a. I must be show some discretion towards you. Where, mm. to be honest with you, if with your dream and your aspirations to kind of getting into that higher level of maybe like you know high street stores and you know maybe even having your own store. Mm you know, you're going to have to have that price point which yeah. is non-negotiable purely because it doesn't depend on who it is. Businesses don't discriminate based on who you are. Of course, if you're a family and friends, it's different, but you could be an old person or a young person, you're still paying the same thing for food. Yeah. You don't go into... McDonald's. You don't go into McDonald's. <laughs> even though you've got student cards and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's irrelevant. That's, that's irrelevant. Free cheeseburger. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But at the same no time, you know, you can buy a Happy Meal as a seven-year-old, you can buy a Happy Meal as a 25-year-old. It's not, I don't buy Happy Meals, by the way, but, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll do sometimes. But they're not going to discriminate against you. Yeah. Happy Meal is a Happy Meal and it's going to be two, how much it is now? I don't, know, how much I don't know how anyone can buy it now. And when it was one ninety nine, it was worth the money. Yeah. Now it's like t- almost three pounds, like yeah. two pounds. I don't know what happened with now. I, last time I got happy meal was still one ninety nine. Do you even get a toy? I think you do. You still do. Yeah. Toys are dead, man. Yeah. Well, they used to collect. Yeah. yeah, yeah but they're not for you anymore. No, but I'm <laughs> like, if I was a child, I wouldn't be excited about getting yeah. a happy meal. Yeah. Like even my brother and sister, like when after they got to like a certain age, they were just having an adult meal and then just forcing it, forcing to finish it. Because the Happy Meal was no appeal whatsoever. I'll tell you something really stupid about when I was younger. So, I thought a cheeseburger was made out of cheese. But that's understandable. No, 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 no. But here's here's, here's the kicker. Okay. So, I was raised Hindu. Mm -hmm. Hindus don't eat beef. What's a cheeseburger? (laughs) It's a beef burger with cheese in it. But you thought... I thought it was grilled cheese. I thought the actual patty was grilled cheese. When I was I was young and that's what I thought and it was not until I got older uh-huh. and then my cousin was like, Smart, yeah, you used to eat cheeseburgers. I was like, no, I don't eat beef. And he was like, you, you, you know, shit. Right? Yeah. I used to eat cheeseburgers. And he was like, no, but cheeseburger is cheeseburger, cheese. Cheeseburger, cheese. <laughs> Joking. He was like, are you an idiot? And I was like, oh, crap. I've been, I've been going against my religion for this long. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, <my laughs> buying cheeseburgers after school. Like, oh my god! I thought no one wanted to. No one wanted to let me know. But you didn't even think that it just, even though it looked different to the cheese in the patty. Like, yeah, but I thought it was grilled cheese. I thought it was just a patty that was grilled. I thought it could look like so that. That's how naive I was. It's literally a hamburger with cheese. Like, isn't it? This is what I'm saying. That that's how naive I was. I mean, for a very smart guy that I that I think I am, yeah. that's probably the most grilled cheese. I thought it was it grilled cheese. Brown. Did you used to watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Maybe yeah, you know did. grilled cheese sandwich from Philly. Yeah, maybe that's maybe I got. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's um, mad. Yeah, see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's very bizarre. I'm sorry. Very bizarre, but you know, everyone has their moments. I, yeah, I, you definitely. know, I live and learn. I actually give Now, now I'm probably the least religious person. Though. Not but, because of that, mm-hmm. but. I have my own kind of views on religion and spirituality. And Burger's stuff. Guide. Burger's Guide. Burger's Guide for dummies. You know I mean? Literally. <laughs> that, I might have to make, that might have to be in the memoirs still. <laughs> that, that might have to be in the memoirs. You know, chapter on, you know, that tribulation that I had. But then I would just encourage a journey of beef because you'd be like, oh, let's go to GBK, let's go to Byron's. It's yeah, no, it's not. Maybe I don't need to put this No, let's yeah. not, you know, let's know who's listening. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there are people that I know that eat beef. <laughs> who were raised Hindu. Yes. And, you know, they still continually eat any meat they want. <laughs> you know. Yeah. What carnivores. They, yes, they can they eat what they want. Beasts. They, yes. <laughs> oh but God. it is where it is. But um yeah, no, it's been really good. I mean, in terms of like you and your business, what do you see for it in the next like going going ahead? Um I do want to open a store and I do have this amazing idea for a store. But I'm not going to share it. That's fine. Everything <laughs> needs to be shared. Sometimes you um, keep the vision secret. But it's really amazing. It's not going to be like any cake story. Like, you know, just going to walk in and be like, oh, can I have a slice of cake? It's not like that. Mm. Um, but before that, I do want to travel the world and take baking classes in different countries. Okay. And like, see what they're about. Um, and I feel like once I finish doing that, I would open my store. I always thought, you know, I'll open my store and then I'd go off and do that. But I feel like... I don't want to open my store until I'm 100% ready. Yeah. So I might have to put the store, you know. How hard has it been to not rush the process? Oh. I feel like a lot of people that do have businesses, they're like, I want to get rich and independent. You can and get like, rich at home. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel everyone's like, I want a store, I want a store, I want a store. There's so many home bakers that make money. Yeah. There's so many home seamstresses that make money. Mm. Like, you don't have to have a store. Like, your home can just be... just space. Your, yeah, you just need a space that looks professional. And you good. I mean, I have people come to my house, pick up cake. I don't let them in. But... <laughs> But they're still willing. Like if your product is good enough, they will come to you. You don't mm. have to make something up for them to go to. They will actually come to you to get it. Mm. I do understand that with some businesses you definitely need a store, but not with all of them. Not with all of them. I was gonna say something I totally forgot. Oh yeah, what what do I see going forward? Um well, I am gonna give my cooking I'm gonna have a go at my cooking channel. I'm learning how to film. I think that's such a gap which is not exploited enough. I feel like everyone wants to be on YouTube and everyone wants to be in that, but I feel like there's certain things that you could do which would be so advantageous, not only for yourself, but I think there's two ways you can look at something. It can either be documentation or promotion. You can either use it to promote something, and if it doesn't work out to promote in the way you want it to, at least you've documented it so you can look back at it in mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15 mm. years time and be like, cool, I did it. You know, and I think sometimes you can get caught up on 
the promotion aspect and because it's not working out how it is you forget that you've done it and mm-hmm. you've got something to look back on you know having it just documented shows the journey in itself and that inevitably maybe five years down the line you never even know where that may rebirth, reborn, be rebirthed, should I say. Mm. And someone might watch it. Yeah. You know, everyone has those retro moments where things that were, you know, uncool or corny back then are cool now. Mm-hmm. Like, even look at the Running Man dance. Even though the song back then was cool, like, now it's been rebirthed. And now people are doing all these corny, you know, videos to it, mm-hmm. viral videos to it. It's the same with your cooking show, I think. And the song flew up the yeah. billboard chart. This is so. what I'm saying. Without, you know, it yeah. does that. What kind of food would you want to cook though? Um, anything and everything. I just want people to see how I have fun in the kitchen. I don't go into the kitchen and think, um, if I'm gonna make this, I try to find whatever's in my kitchen. Mm. Like, what can I make from this? Um, so all kinds of food. Um, I'm kind of learning how to make African food, so I'd like to teach that as well. Um, so what's your jollof dressing? Have you had my rice? It's alright. I think. <laughs> You're not gonna big yourself up. Do you know what? I don't know why everyone's so fast over jello fries. <laughs> like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just rice. Like So, what's your favorite traditional dish? Oh my god. Ooh. Um, it has to be panned yam. Can you make it? No. <laughs> <laughs> my dad makes it. <laughs> My that's the thing. My dad is cooking. My family. My dad is the okay. cook. Like in my house, it's not my mom. It's my dad. So when it comes to food, if I need someone and I'm like, I need to make something. I need to learn how to make something. I would go to my dad, and he is would. Is that help quite me. unconventional? Um, obviously, there's going to be not to stereotype or to yeah. kind of assume, but mm. is that unconventional within an African household for a father he, to be the dominant cook? Yeah, I well, I've heard it mm. is. Because mm-hmm. my family's quite westernised, um, okay. so in most, even in like my aunts and uncles' houses, I see the men in the kitchen all the time. Mm-hmm. It was it was only as I grew older and thanks to Twitter mm-hmm. that I <laughs> Twitter's taught me a lot. You know, that Twitter teaches you a lot about perceptions. And yeah, just like and gender roles. Yeah, and you know that women are meant to be in the kitchen, but mm-hmm. in my house, no. My dad loves cooking. Okay. But you don't even have to ask him. He's like, oh, what's everyone wanting to eat? And then he goes to the kitchen That's and makes cool. it. So does that kind of go into, like, in terms of, not to get too personal in terms of relationships and stuff, yeah. but is that a quality that you do look for in a man as well? Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I love cooking, but in my own time. That's the problem. No. <laughs> so, and, I mean, if I care for you, one of the things I like doing for people I care about is feeding them. She likes them. to fatten you yeah. up. Yeah, That's I what like she likes to do. She's like, like let me decide what you want to eat. Let me decide what you want to eat. Yeah, because then if I fatten you up, you can't eat me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good logic, though. It works, though, because I always end up falling asleep at her house. No, 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 no. I'm all about going to the gym, too. But, no, yeah, for me, food is love. Mm. So, it, but if a guy can't, I just feel it's so ridiculous to be over the age. Mm. Like, like, my baby girl was 18 and can't cook rice. Like, oh, trust me, no. Rice is a completely different. The stories I've got about rice at uni are complete. I just, it's crazy. How can, it's just rice or water. Mm. Like, ah, uh, I was, there was one girl at uni didn't know that she had to wash rice. I found that very disturbing. She I didn't know, and then she, she was like, I was like, so you're not, she, she was about to go put it on the stove. And I was like, have you washed it? And she was like, 
But you know there's two ways. Oh, okay, maybe she just didn't know. Wash rice. Wash it, you parboil it, do something. Yeah. She was baffed. So she's just been eating all the like starch and I was like, raw. Great. That was crazy to me. But going in terms of like kind of gender roles and kind of what you've been opened up to considering it's such a contrast to your upbringing mm. now now you being a baker you being very much in the kitchen and being your hands on do you think guys assume certain things about you in terms of that they are ultimately you're going to provide for them you mean in terms of eating yeah um no I well, think has that always been like oh when are you cooking for me i don't think guys realize that when they say that it actually gives me a thought in my mind that you know what i'm actually never going to cook up for you i'm never going to cook for you i would actually go out of my way to make sure that i never make you anything not even toast i would not even because it's like why should i cook for you like just fix your glass of water yeah you might be lucky you know like i just don't when are you gonna cook for me oh you're gonna give me cake (laughs) (laughs) no no to both like i like to do things for people that don't ask do you know what i mean it's like if i want to feed you it's because i care for you and because you're hungry not because i do that anyway do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and because i'm in the kitchen so much why do you think that i want to be there you know putting my extra energy for the sole purpose of feeding feeding you you. yeah so it's entitlement again so yeah yeah. do you think that having your own business has kind of detracted you from kind of relationship endeavors and kind of you know things of that nature um that does it com- cause conflict at times so maybe say for example you may have been seeing a guy mm. sorry to get too personal no, but good. at the same time it's always interesting to know it's always good to kind of like know what it's like to have your own business and kind of be in that kind of environment because there's always going to be conflict that arises yeah. there's going to be a conflict of ideals or have you ever felt that conflict while doing your business particularly have you been doing it for the last two years which is a quite a substantial amount of time um i would say when it was just an idea the guy that i was seeing it was a problem i don't think he wanted me to have something for myself really? it was more like i'll provide for you yeah um and it, this was like my baby and i would say no make it if he has to be this way and he would be like no it should be this way and i would be like well, it's called make it with fifi not make Next. it with Fifi and <laughs> company um and very diplomatic i would never I, I would never forget that the day we actually broke up it was right after we had an argument after make it with Fifi before it was even born mm-hmm. and i was just like no i'm not doing this like this is something i really 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 really, really wanted thing that i've learned from the women in my family is to not give up my dreams mm. for a man um <laughs> there are some dreams that you have to give up yeah. But if it's something that you really want to do and you're still quite young, yeah. you know, don't give that up for a man who's not even your husband. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's definitely, it's made me a bit antisocial with guys. Like, I'm just like, I have to bake. I don't have time. Like, really? Yeah, it's like, oh, do you want to go out? No. So do you think you would be, <laughs> you would be more allured to someone that had their own business because you feel like there would be some sort of synonymous agreement in terms of you mm. both know each other's struggle or would you just you're not too concerned about what they're doing 
I mean, if they had their own business, I would, because I know the stress that it puts me through. Yeah. And to be with someone that would probably go under the same amount of stress for me, it would be too much. Because okay. I am like an emotional vampire. Like, I would absorb all their stress and yeah. then just, like, die from stress. Um, so, no. Um, it would, I mean, if they did and they were quite comfortable with it and it was at a stage where they didn't have to man it, yeah, that's fine. But if it was up and coming, like I am, it I probably would stay away from that. Cool. Yeah, I would. Hmm. Never really thought about that. Yeah. But then on the flip side, they could have like um, another approach which could yeah. motivate you to look at your business in a different yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. Like I think with me in terms of my endeavours with women and whatnot, not that I have many, but you know, um, when I'm having those business conversations, I'm always trying to encourage them to do something or if they've got a vision to kind of get it out. And I think one of my, not mistakes, but some things that I can be a bit too eager about their vision more than they are. And mm. I can sometimes hijack it mm-hmm. in a sense where, but not in a in a malicious way, but in a, in a very eager way where like, do you know what, your dream is now my dream. Yeah. So I want to, pre- to make it I, yeah, work. Exactly. And I think that's just kind of part of my nature. But at the same time, what I've learned from my experience is that you it's not your job to dictate someone's vision mm-hmm. and you it's not your job to not you not even your job you just you don't have an entitlement over their vision yeah and you sometimes have to let them breathe and let it transpire and manifest in its own way time and shape mm-hmm. things are not going to happen in the same way you want to and yeah. things are not going to ha- they're not going to always going to do what you want to do because they're a completely different person as much as they may even be your soulmate mm-hmm. they may even be the person that you love but at the yeah. same time you've got to have the the consciousness to know that cool that's their business that's their dream all you can do is facilitate it and support it and if mm-hmm. it doesn't work out in the same way you could be like you should have done it this way mm-hmm. and you i love me sometimes i love those i told you so moments mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's, it's resisting from those moments yeah, and saying yeah. you know what cool you're gonna learn more from the way you've done it yeah. mm-hmm. rather than the way that i've kind of facilitated you doing it because there's not really a lesson you've learned you just kind of base benefit and convenience yeah, exactly yeah. and i think sometimes it's easy to as a partner to someone who else has got a dream and has got a vision to kind of be too invested in it and yeah. then it, you ultimately become it becomes part of you as well yeah and you tend to forget yours yeah like i'm the kind of person that if i if i did get with someone who had their own business i can see myself taking less orders yeah. <laughs> yeah. which become like heavily invested yeah in like trying to help their dream, yeah trying to help them yeah. i think that's kind of why i'm very careful with the whole like dating scene and the whole relationship thing because making with fifi is so the way it is right now it can kind of stand on its own do mm. you know what i mean and um so it will not let me forget about it mm. so i'm kind of it, it just reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing and reminds me that not to get too invested into someone. Yeah. And if I am, just always make time for something that you love. Would you see Make It With Fifi as your relationship? I might as well be married to it. I did say, <laughs> you know, like there was this thing that someone married a tree and I always say, to be honest, I'd probably end up marrying my oven. At the, like, the rate that I'm going because it's just me and my other literally um it's it's everything to me like it's it's weird but I do love it like mm-hmm. I actually can't picture myself doing anything else mm-hmm. um 
And I mean, I wouldn't say uni was a complete waste of my time because if I didn't go to uni, I wouldn't have found out that I wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, yeah, it's everything to me. Yeah. One last question. Okay. What last is make it Rafifi to you? What does it mean to you? <sighs> Where does one begin? <laughs> it means cake. <laughs> um, That's a good way of ending it. It's cake. It means you know? cake, but it means everything I've gone through in the process, it means all the strength, all the, I've had times where I've literally sat on my kitchen floor and I'm just like, I can't, (laughs) it's like, I'm not doing this or like, it's meant the numerous phone calls to my friends, like, oh my God, what am I doing? And it it means, it's just life. It's just, making it Fifi is my life, but it tends to be, it feels like when I wake up, it's like I'm born again. And then I bake a cake because like I've gone to school and then I've delivered it. It's like I've graduated. Wow. Do you get what I mean? That's so a, that's a dull way of putting so it. So <laughs> it's like a cycle. It's it's as if I'm like born again every day. Like I'm able to do this red velvet cake for the millionth time and deliver it and make someone happy. Yeah. Like so that's what it is to me. It's my life. Wow. Yeah. That's a really good way of ending it. So I just want to say thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. It's been a, a lovely conversation. Woo-hoo. I've learned a lot about you. <laughs> and you know what we're gonna catch up in like six to twelve months okay see where you're at oh we'll before i go more. before i go i'm having a cake party oh yes the cake party gotta put the plug in so so yeah, yeah so basically hopefully it'll be annual but i'm having a cake party on august the 26th um details on my twitter which is at make it with fifi and um basically a night we can come and taste all my cakes for free well, you didn't get in for free, but all the cakes are free. And yeah, is there anything else I should say? I don't think grab a ticket. Yeah, oh yeah, grab, grab a, ticket. a ticket. The link's on my Twitter. Grab a ticket, so, be yeah. there. I will be there. It's 90s themed. I will be there. So, I don't know what nice. I might come as Jungle Book because Jungle Book. That would be right? so cool. Yeah, oh, Mowgli. That would Mowgli. actually be so cool. But that would be a bit. Co- actually, it'll be quite warm then. Actually. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, I'm not gonna come in in just. Oh, we might come in white for us. To be honest, I was like, what on earth would you wear yeah, as no, Mowgli? No, no. Maybe not Mowgli. Me, I might come in something. I'll think about it. I'll yeah, come. maybe, maybe not. Maybe Gandhi. Gandhi's not <laughs> And I think Gandhi's was like 1940. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was yeah. like a 90s. No, but 90s yeah, is 90s. like young, vibrant, colourful. That's what the 90s yeah. mean to me. And freedom. Like, that's the 90s. Because I could just run around and not yeah. have any responsibilities. But I'd definitely be there. And yeah. when is it? August the 26th. August the 26th. Yeah. Where is um, it? Where it's is it? At Far Rockaway yeah. in Shoreditch. So, um, yeah, if you go on my Twitter, the pinned tweet, the event link is right there so you can use that to buy tickets and just to let people know your wash out again make it with fifi cool make it with don't make the fifi. mistake i did by saying making it making it's make it with, with fifi. fifi very so, simple yeah. i'll be tweeting it as well so follow me at seeps if you don't do already Jeez. you know gotta, <laughs> gotta put the young plug as well you know. <laughs> Shout out to my G, you know, Lola Michelle. I think it's underscore. After. Don't follow me, guys. <laughs> don't follow her because... But no one in there, please. No thanks. No thank you. She, she don't need the extra attention. I, I just retweet the funny jokes in the yeah. last videos. She, she's, 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 she's mis, she's mis, mis retweet. Yeah, um, you don't need me. But that's um, finding your forte. And as always, find your forte, live your forte, and love your forte.
find your forte. Live your forte.